That's embarrassing, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> cheers, mate. Uh, <laughs> I got to tell you, the amount of times that I spent over with Ian and Sarah in their front room, and it would be full. I want you to notice, it would be full of every color, every nationality, every language, and I don't know how Sarah managed to put food on the table for so many of us. Oh, you poor thing, Sarah, you work so hard. Um, it is a privilege to be here this evening. Thank you for the opportunity to be here, uh, to be with you. Yeah, my name is Jerry. I get to serve in Hungary, and I get to serve in various places around Europe, and uh, specifically right now, a lot of the work that we have going on is in Ukraine. And um, you know what's happening in Ukraine. I'm not here to bring you the, the terrible stories that are absolutely true. You can turn on the news or open up a newspaper and you can get all that. I want to tell you about what God is doing at this time in Ukraine and in the countries surrounding Ukraine. I want you to be inspired by what God is doing at this moment now, uh, if we can just move on, I'm going to spend, a, we don't need to see my title, got to put all that in there. So um, I'm going to be talking a little bit about, just want to bring to you the Holy Spirit, and Ian already mentioned the Holy Spirit as comforter. Now, we often, we know about the Holy, Com uh, the Holy Spirit as the paraclete, and we think about these words as friend, advocate, helper, counselor, and comforter. And it's an incredibly difficult time for so many people. I suspect that many of you have been struggling with what you have seen and heard these past 10 weeks because it has been so painful, hasn't it? What is happening right now is evil. That's it. It is evil. And the truth is, friends, that you are only hearing half of the stories. And I thank God that you are only hearing half of the stories. We are in organizations where we get uh, intelligence reports about what is truly happening. It, the evil right now is beyond comprehension. Nothing in history has ever been as evil as what we are seeing right now in Ukraine. And our world is hurting. Our world is broken. But that is why Jesus came. That is why Jesus came, and that is why he left the Comforter with us, the Holy Spirit. And right now, the church, the body of Christ, is being challenged to be an expression of the Holy Spirit, to show comfort and love to a broken people, a broken people who have been displaced and who have been pushed out of their home, uh, out of their country in many cases, how difficult it would be to go to a land where you do not speak the language, where you do not understand the culture, where you do not have any family or friends, you do not own a home or a car, all your possessions are left behind. The fact is, Jesus understands that because he too was a refugee. The Holy Spirit can use us the church, to be a people who bring comfort and love to those who are broken. Now, my eyes aren't quite good enough to see that, so I'm going to read this with you. I'll read it from here, actually. Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For as the sufferings of Christ overflow to us, so through Christ our comfort also overflows. That's from First, uh, Second Corinthians uh, chapter 1. The Father of all mercies. Our God is a merciful God. Our God is a God of love. He is also a God of judgment. And there will be a judgment against those who have caused this pain. There will be a judgment. We should never forget that our God is a just God. And there will be a judgment against those who have caused this pain. But that is not for us to undertake. That is for him. For us, the body of Christ, we are given the opportunity to love, to serve, and comfort the brokenhearted. But there's so much happening in Europe that I would like to share with you. If we can move on, please. So I want to show you. This is uh, Hungary. And we are based in Hungary. Now, for many years, we struggled in Hungary. We had two churches in the north of the country, one in the capital city, Budapest, and one near the Austrian-Slovakian border uh, in a city called Djur. And we were faithful, and others were faithful for many years, but we never saw growth, or we never saw significant growth. And then COVID came at a time up doors to open up ministry opportunities. One area that he has really opened up for us to work in is that of trafficking. You see, unfortunately, Hungary has a tremendous amount of trafficking. It is what we call a sending country. In other words, people will work to get children from children's institutions, and they will send them to places like Germany, France, and the United Kingdom, where they will be forced to work. Now, even just alone in Amsterdam, there's a in the red light district, there's one particular road or street in that area that is called Nireghaza because Nireghaza is one particular city in Hungary. And every single girl, every single woman on that street is from Hungary. And so many of these children, by the age of 13 or 14, they have been groomed and they are being sent. And so my wife, who's very quiet and would never stand up and hates standing out talking to people, goes into all of these children's institutions. There is not one other organization, there is not one other church in Hungary that has gained entry to these homes the way that we have been given the favor to go into these homes. Not only can we go into these homes, we can go and do VBS, vacation Bible schools, in these homes, and we can talk to these children and the social workers on the dangers of trafficking. We can warn them about the dangers of trafficking, but it doesn't stop there. They want us to talk about Jesus Christ. They want to know about the Savior. We have seen homes, these children's homes, transformed where they actually have Bible verses on the wall. Children have Bibles on their shelves. We give them contact information if you are ever in trouble. And they have reached out to us from Reading. That's the farthest we've had anybody come west. We actually had a young lady uh, that we knew from Hungary reach out to us from Reading and said, Jerry, they promised me a job, but I'm in a room, and I don't think this is a job. 
how do I get out? God allowed us to get her out. God is working. God is a God of miracles. And because we had experience in dealing with children with trafficking, we knew that when the war started, there would be traffickers on the border. Within 48 hours of the outbreak of the war, the Free Methodist Church in Europe were the very first organization to get information out to women and children fleeing the war about the dangers of trafficking. We were the first to do to prevent this from happening. Can we move on, please? And so some of what's happening, these are seemingly small, but here, this lady that you can see, her name is Sylvia. Sylvia is a Hungarian woman. But more than that, she's a Roma. Roma means gypsy. And in Hungary, she would be the least of the least. And several years ago at a worship service that I was standing at, and I said at the beginning, if you need help, we want you to reach out. And she turned around to my wife and said, I need help. God had put a call on her heart to be a teacher of the Word of God. For 15 years, she had been deeply involved in the New Age. She hadn't been able to break away from it, but she knew that she wanted Jesus in her life. And we began to work with this beautiful, wonderful lady who was discarded by everybody else in society because she's Roma, because she's a woman. Now she is the pastor of a vibrant, a small church of 40 people, but she is the pastor. And what are this church doing right now? They take in Ukrainian displaced people every week and serve them. This woman gets grants from the mayor of the city of 150,000 people. This is someone who was cast aside as a nobody because she's Roma and a woman. God is using her, and you have never heard someone teach the Word of God like this woman teaches. She is incredible. The Holy Spirit moving through her, and she brings comfort to the broken. One of the things that she loves to do is to feed and care for people. And so she had a project in mind. She had begun to develop a knowledge and an interest in the, holy, uh, in the, in the uh, fruit of the, the Holy Spirit. And so she decided to begin to collect fruit, to be, begin to make jam. And she wanted people to taste and see that God is good. And so she made hundreds and hundreds of uh, jars of jam. And she said, oh, Pastor Jerry, you're going to Romania soon, aren't you? No. Yes, you are. You're going to bring those down to Romania, right? Why to Romania? Because we have a center in Romania called Vizda Couple, started by a Scottish couple. Vizda Couple means a child's dream. It is for homeless children. It is for children who have to go begging on the street before mom and dad will allow them back in home. And so Sylvia wanted them to taste and see that God is good. So yes, Sylvia, I'm going to Romania. Yes, Sylvia, I will bring the hundreds and hundreds of jars of jam to Romania with me. Two nations, I know and you know that every single person in the world is hurting. All of us are hurting. All of us are broken. That's why it was a privilege when I worked with the NHS to sit with people in those last moments. 
or to sit with people as they grieved in those first few minutes of losing a loved one. Every one of us is hurting. And you see, Pastor Sylvia was really hurting recently. Her dad died. She loved him very dearly, and he just died a few weeks ago. And she was really struggling. And in the time of her hurt, the war broke out. And all of these displaced people started to come. She had just buried her dad. And what did she do? She and others from our church prepared the apartment that Sylvia had to welcome these families. In her brokenness, she allowed the Holy Spirit to fill her and to be an outpouring and an expression of his comfort and love. You see, I like to tell stories. I'm not a great theologian, but I do love stories because they tell us about the truth of the gospel and what's happening. And so if we go to the next slide, please. I have to turn to see it myself. Now, I'm wondering how God is calling you, Fullwood, to be part of this story in Ukraine, to be part of the story in Europe. I wonder what God is putting on your heart. You see, it's easy to give money, and I'm not here asking you for money, because that's easy to give, and God is the God of all. So if we have a need for money, He will provide. I'm wondering what God is calling you to do, to be an expression of the Holy Spirit and to comfort the brokenhearted. I want to tell you about a family who were in need. They fled Kiev. The days that the bombing happened, they loaded up their car, they tried to get out of Kiev, they managed to get out, they had a most harrowing journey across Ukraine, and they made their way to Hungary. And we heard about this family. Somebody that we didn't know offered them a house for free. A Belgian couple offered this family a house for free. But the Belgian couple didn't have any firewood for heating in the house. So we, we heard about this and I said, we'll help. Within 20 minutes, there was one, there was literally a ton weight of wood promised. And the following day it was delivered. This family turned up. It turned yes. Would you like to accept Jesus as your Savior? And I explain what it means. Yes. He accepts Jesus as his Savior in that moment. And then we sit with him and his wife for lunch, and we talk about their marriage a year and a half ago. And it was in a registry office, and it wasn't very special, and the registrar wasn't very nice. And they talk about how they wish it had been a church wedding before God, because now they're coming to know God. I said, okay, let's do it. July 30th, they are going to be married in the eyes of God. If the war hadn't have happened, and the war is terrible. Hear, please hear that. The war is terrible. The war is not good. Yet what does God do? He takes a Ukrainian woman with her English husband, whose father had fled from Hungary, causes a war, to the use of that war, to bring them into Hungary to meet with an Irish man because a Belgian couple have given them a home so that he can hear about God and so that they can be married before his eyes. And you know what God is going to do? Because God works like this, he's going to send them back into Ukraine. And what are they going to do? They're going to plant a church near Kiev, right? And thousands of people, I believe, 
are going to do this. They are going to return and they're going to bring the word of God. Many years ago, a Russian or a Soviet ship docked in the city of Cork in the Republic of Ireland. And this was during the Cold War when Soviet ships were docking because Ireland was a neutral country. And there was a small little man this height, his name was Wally Burrell, and he worked with the Seafarers Ministry. And he decided that he was going to make his way up onto that boat. And so there was a long gangplank up onto this huge warship. And at the top of the gangplank was a Soviet Marine with an AK-47 standing there. He couldn't stand at the bottom because that was Ireland, but he could stand at the top with the gun because that was Soviet territory. And Wally Burrell, in his seafarer's ministry uniform with his little cap, marches up the plank and says, get me your commander. And the, Rush, and the Soviet Marine, not knowing that this was not an officer in the Irish army, because that's what he believed he was, saluted, yes, sir. They bring him down to the officer's mess. He sits there for three hours that night drinking black tea and eating black bread. And they listen to the gospel. And then he thinks, now I'm in trouble. They know now I'm not an officer in the army. And the captain of the ship says, come back tomorrow. We want you to have dinner with us. He goes back the next day and the next and the next then the ship, the people of Russia desperately need Jesus Christ as their Savior. You see, there's a word in Russian, and they use it for Sunday. It's the word for Sunday, Voskresenia. But it actually means resurrection. Sunday means resurrection in Russian. And I believe that God will do resurrection power throughout Ukraine, throughout Russia, and indeed throughout Europe because of this crisis. When evil is at its darkest and most powerful, that is when the light of Jesus Christ shines the brightest. That is when the church is called to action. And make no mistake, Fullwood, you are called to action. You are responsible to act, to be an expression, an outpouring of the love and comfort of the Holy Spirit. You have a great responsibility and a great privilege to be part of God's beloved children, to be a part of His church, and to have the ability to bring something wonderful and beautiful to a people broken so terribly by war. Can we go on? I'm not going to keep you much longer. I want to just tell you about this beautiful family, this little family here, mom and three children. And this again is how God works. A young lady I know from America contacts me and she says, you might not know this, but when I was a child, I was adopted. I was adopted by a family in America and I was adopted from Ukraine. And she said, but I still have family in Ukraine and my older sister is there with her children and they're in the city of Odessa or they're near Odessa and I think they're in bad need. So I contact this lady and I say, hey, what do you need? And she says, we're down to our last 24 hours of food. I don't have anything left to give to my children. You can see these three beautiful children. I have nothing left. Now, at that time, I had no way to get into Ukraine. So 
I then contact a Ukrainian chaplain that I know that I have worked with, and I say, Valera, there is a family, they're near Odessa. I know that you are very far from Odessa, but they desperately need food. He contacts somebody else. Within two hours, that other chaplain goes through shelling. He goes through shelling. He delivers this food and this clothes to the family. And the lady writes to me. And she's so thankful. And she is thankful for the food. But what she is so thankful for is that the chaplain stopped for a moment. Small church endure for the broken. And yet every one of them broken. The pastor who had just lost her father. The university professor who struggles with significant serious mental health issue. The young mom who struggles with so many anxiety issues in life. And a young woman who's many thousands of miles far from home. And in their brokenness, they went and prepared a place for a family coming from war. That is such a beautiful expression and outpouring of love of how the Holy Spirit works. I want to leave you with a challenge, friends. How is God calling you to serve? There is a place for you to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to show the comfort of the Holy Spirit and the love of Jesus Christ to a people who are very, very broken and to make a change in their lives, in their nation, and across this continent that will be felt not just for years or decades to come, but into eternity. I want to challenge each and every one of you. There is not one of you who cannot help. Most of us can only do very little, myself included. But together, when God moves us as the church, there is no power like his holy church, his bride. And he is calling us. And I believe Fullwood, he is calling you. How will you answer? Will you pray with me for the people of Ukraine? Lord God, we do bring these people before you. You know the hearts and the pains, the brokenness. You know all that they are going through today, Lord. And we yet, at this time, Lord, thank you that they can experience your love, your comfort, even through these most darkest of days. We pray against that evil, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray against the evil in the world, Lord, and we pray that your light would shine. And we pray, Father, that you would help us, the church, to be that light in the darkness. Bless the people of Ukraine, Lord. And we pray for those, Lord, in power in Russia, that you would give them the strength to stand and to say no to this evil, even if it means putting their own lives at risk.